It's 11 o'clock. I'm Kenny Hodgart. The top stories tonight. Five people linked to the pro-independence group Returning Valiant have been sentenced under the national security law. The chief executive John Lee marked his 100th day in office by saying Hong Kong should not rush to ease anti-epidemic measures. And the poll on Cook says it's setting up an independent review committee to look into alleged child abuses. Five people linked to the pro-independence group Returning Valiant have been sentenced under the national security law to detention at a training centre, an alternative to prison for offenders aged under 21. Natalie Ching reports. The five are among seven who earlier admitted to conspiracy to incite others to subvert state power at the district court in a case that marks the first time minors have pleaded guilty under the security legislation. The court heard that the group had distributed leaflets at street booths and made remarks advocating an armed uprising as the only way to topple the government. The remaining two defendants will be sentenced at a later date. The chief executive, John Lee, has marked his 100th day in office by saying Hong Kong should not rush to ease anti-epidemic measures. Frank Young reports. Writing on social media, Mr. Lee said his administration had made every effort to tackle the pandemic in its first 100 days, while at the same time scrapping the flight suspension mechanism, bringing in the health code and removing hotel quarantine for inbound travellers. But he said authorities must remain cautious and not let differences detract from fighting the virus, though he understood there might be different views. Mr. Lee is set to deliver his maiden policy address on October the 19th. He said the blueprint would include measures to attract businesses and people and to boost land supply and housing. DAB lawmaker Holden Chow says he can, he can understand that the government needs to see how things go after the relaxation of the inbound travel restrictions before more easing, but he said he hoped the CE could give a time frame for a return to normality in his policy address. I can tell the reason behind. The government might need to have some time to observe the situation and the change of the situation before they provide a clear timetable for Hong Kong people. But my opinion is if they can provide a timetable, a clear timetable and roadmap for Hong Kong people, that would be a good thing. The hospital authority says limited clinical data shows that a new COVID variant has not caused more serious infections compared to the currently dominant strains. Health officials have previously said the BA.2.75 variant has led to a rebound in cases in Singapore. The authority's chief executive, Tony Koh, says officials will monitor the situation. From overseas experience, as the recent data available, we noticed that in general, the severity and seriousness of the patients infected with the new subvariant is roughly similar to conditions of those who have been infected uh, with the variant of B.5. Now, of course, it's still at the early stage, and we need to gather more data, both locally and also from overseas, to learn more about this variant. Health authorities reported 4,900 new COVID cases today, of which 295 were imported. 13 more people with COVID have died. The Po Long Cook says it is setting up an independent review committee to look into alleged child abuse cases. Two workers at its children's home in Causeway Bay were recently arrested. Six children at the home are alleged to have been pushed over. The foundation says the committee will be headed by a former president of the Law Society, Melissa Pang. It will also have the task of reviewing the home's management. 
Sport and Hong Kong snooker star Marco Fu, Marco Fu scored a maximum break in the deciding frame against John Higgins to book his place in tomorrow's Hong Kong Masters final. He was tied with the four-time world champion at 5-all in their semi-final before scoring a 1-4-7 in front of his home crowd at the Hong Kong Coliseum. And a look at the weather, mainly cloudy, temperatures of about 26 degrees tomorrow morning, sunny periods during the day with a maximum of around 32 degrees. Moderate to fresh easterly winds, winds will strengthen from the north and there will be one or two showers tomorrow night. The outlook, many, uh, mainly fine and very dry in the following couple of days. It will be cooler in the morning and at night and the difference in temperature between day and night will be more noticeable. The current temperature at the observatory is 27 degrees Celsius with relative humidity at relative high of 76%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. A key rail and road bridge connecting Crimea to Russia has been seriously damaged following a massive explosion. Video footage showed two sections of one lane of the road bridge collapsing into the sea and a number of fuel tankers on a cargo train on the parallel railway line ablaze. The BBC's Steve Rosenberg reports. The incident happened just after 6 o'clock this morning. CCTV footage shows a massive explosion with a ball of flames rising over the bridge. According to Russia's National Anti-Terrorist Committee, first a lorry exploded and then fuel cisterns of a train on the parallel railway line. Two sections of the road bridge are reported to have collapsed. Russia's investigative committee has opened a criminal case. The Kremlin built the Kerch Bridge to link the Russian mainland to the Crimean yes. Peninsula it annexed from Ukraine in 2014. It is not only strategically important, in many ways it is a symbol of the Russian annexation of Crimea. The head of the UN nuclear watchdog says the Zaporizhia nuclear plant in southeastern Ukraine must be protected urgently after shelling again cuts all external power. Rafael Grossi said emergency diesel generators were now cooling down the reactors at the plant, which is controlled by Russian forces but operated by Ukrainian staff. The facility's six reactors are currently shut down. The head of Ukraine's nuclear energy company, Petro Kotin, explained why a power supply was crucial for the plant. This is very important and vital function for cooling of nuclear fuel, nuclear material, because you should always cool fuel assemblies, and if you don't, then there will be melting of fuel assemblies and the release of radioactivities into the air. Funeral services have been held for dozens of victims of a knife and gun attack in a nursery school in northern Thailand. 24 small children and 12 adults were murdered by a former policeman in Utai Sawan on Thursday. The BBC's Jonathan Head was at one of the temples in the town. And the hubbub you can hear around me is actually the entire community here busy. They're bringing enormous numbers of wreaths of white flowers which are traditional here they're bringing a lot of food and water too it's going to be a huge community occasion they need to make sure everyone's fed and watered and i think in many ways you know, this is quite a supportive environment for the families you know they are enveloped by community activity which is something they're very familiar with while they also deal with their grief 
People in northern Germany have faced severe rail disruption after what the National Rail Company described as the sabotage of vital cables. Trains could run for three hours. The company earlier said the radio communication network used to control train traffic had been disrupted. It said the fault has now been resolved, but warned passengers to expect delays and cancellations. Videos posted online from Iran show a strike being held in cities in the Kurdistan region in support of anti-government protests triggered by the death of the Kurdish woman Masa Amini three weeks ago. Here's the BBC's Sebastian Usher. The publication of an official forensic report into Masa Amini's death claiming that she didn't die because of a blow to the head but from an underlying medical condition has done nothing to abate the anger and frustration of protesters. Despite an increasing security crackdown against them, the protests have seen shops shuttered in Kurdish cities as part of a strike while high school students have been shouting their defiance at the school gates. One video purportedly shows students chanting anti-government slogans at a university in Tehran where President Ebrahim Raisi was attending the opening ceremony of the new academic year. A closely watched private business sector survey shows mainland services activity in September contracting for the first time in four months as COVID-19 restrictions continued to bite. Robert Kemp reports. The Kaishing Services Purchasing Managers Index fell to 49.3 from 55 in August as COVID measures disrupted both supply and demand and restricted national travel. An official survey published last week also showed services activity slowing, although its reading was slightly above the 50-point mark that separates growth from contraction. The mainland economy showed signs of improvement in August with faster-than-expected growth in factory output and retail sales. But in addition to the COVID curbs, it is also being hit by a worsening property slump. And the top stories again. Five people linked to the pro-independence group Returning Valiant have been sentenced under the national security law. The chief executive, John Lee, has marked his 100th day in office by saying Hong Kong should not rush to easy anti-epidemic measures. And the poll on Cook says it's setting up an independent review committee to look into alleged child abuse cases. The news from RTHK. Oh.